and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend Anne Chavruta Yerdena Osband. Our daf of the day, Masachi Kiddushin, daf Ein Bet, page 72. We are still in the middle of very interesting Gemara about all of these different questions of lineage and different personalities and different towns and, you know, anybody can sit and be judgy all they want, but it's an interesting discussion over, you know, a, a real insight into society back in the day. Um, I'm starting towards the bottom of Amar Aleph, not the very bottom. Amar le Rebi le Levi. So Rebi, that's Rebuda Nasi, says to Levi, Harani Parsiim, show me Persians, meaning describe, you know, who's a Persian? What does that mean? Amar le Domim le David. So Levi says to him, they're like the, the armies, the soldiers of Beit David, of the house of David. Harani Chabarin. So then Rabbi Huda Nasi says, tell me about the Chabarin. These are specifically Persian priests. And he answers him, Domin Chabala. He says, they're like the angels of destruction. Harani Yishmaelim. How are you going to characterize the Yishmaelites? Yishmaelites. Domim Le Si'irim Shel So Levi says, they're like the demons who frequent the, 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 the outhouses. Hareini chamim So now show me the Torah scholars who lived in Bavel in the Babylonia. And they are like the ministering angels. So, so when I say you know you could be judgy, you know here is characterizing these people who are not of the children of Israel. They are not Torah scholars. They are you know really from the uh, a foreign population. And the way Levi characterizes them for Rabbi Nasi, each one of them is kind of worse than the next. Um, now. We get another story. Now, we've had a, several of these, I'm going to say, deathbed stories of the sages. This is Ki Havanicha Nafsheid Rebbe. When Rebbe Yehuda Hanasi himself was dying, right, this is his, you know, this is one of the stories that takes place at this time. The idea being, and I think this is why we have deathbed stories, that, you know, you might not want to talk about things uh, quite so openly while you're being, uh, you know, a leader in a political position and so on. And now the idea is like, he's, you know, no holds barred. So what did he say? Homania Ikabavel Kula Umanayahi. He says there's a place called Homania, which is in Babylonia, and all of those people are the children of Amon. Amon, like the Ammonites who are not supposed to marry into into Benisrael. Misgaria Ikabavel. There's another place called Misgaria, also in Bavel, Kula de Mamzerahi. And everybody who lives there, they're all Mamzerim. Technically bastards, but it's a halachic term, not a not inherently rude, um, unless the person is not technically a ba- bastard. No, I'm sorry, unless the person is not technically a mamzer, then using the term is not. Um, I mean, it's out of line, it's rude, but it it it's as I say, a technical term. Birka igbabavel. This is wife swapping. It says there's a place called Bereka in, in Bavel, in Babylonia, Birka, sorry. And, um, and the brothers there swap their wives. Birta Distia, Disatia, Bavel, another place called Birta Disatia. And what do they do there? Hayom Saru Makom. They turned away from God. What did they do? The Afke Pira Bakavre Bashabta. There was a ditch, and there were fish in the ditch, 
and it overflowed. And what did they do? They went to, to trap these fish on Shabbat because, oh my goodness, it's so plentiful. We can't miss the opportunity except for that it's Shabbat, so you're not supposed to. And then Rabbi the son of Rabbi Yosha, um, excommunicated them. And then they all, um, you know, they stopped believing. They became heretics or apostates. Um Akra de Agma Ikabavel. There's another place called Akra de Agma in Babylonia. And Adabar Ahava Yeshba. And the man Adabar Ahava is there in that place. Yom Yoshev Bachikoshal Avraham. And he today, meaning presumably now, on that same day, is sitting, it says, in the lap of Avraham, meaning the implication is that he had had his Brit Milah circumcision that same day. Hayom Nolad Rav Bavel. And he says, on that day, Rev Yehuda was born in Babylon. So it's a very, very strange list of things to be said on his deathbed. Um, again, characterizing in not such a nice way all of these people. And then the Gemara goes on, and then with this we'll turn it over to you, Yardina. The Amar Ma'ar Kishemit Akiva, another deathbed story. What did he say? Nolad Rebbe, Kishemit Rebbe, Nolad Rev Yehuda. The point being that, at the time that Rabbi Kiva was dying, that's when Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was born. At the time that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was dying, that's when uh, Rabbi Yehuda was born. Meaning, the there's always going to be some leadership up and coming. I mean, obviously, it takes a little while till you can grow into your strength there. But the idea is that the the situation of the Jewish people, there's always going to be a leader on his way. And then, Kishimate Rav Yehuda, when Rav Yehuda was dying, and here we have generations of Amorayim, Nolad Rava, that's when Rava was born. Kishimate Rava, when Rava was dying, Nolad Rav Ashi, and that's when Rav Ashi was born. We know that Rav Ashi is really the end of the time period of the Amorayim. The, the claim is, right, that a tzaddik, a righteous person, does not die, does not pass from this world without... Um, his heir, you know, his heir in righteousness um, already being in place. Which is a verse from Ecclesiastes from Kohelet that says the sun rises and the sun sets. And, you know, there's, as I say, there's always the right person in place given time. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, Yardina, over to you. You know, and I, what I like about these dapim is it just is filling in some sort of nice historical context um, or biographical information about Rebbe, about Rev Yehuda, um, you know, to sort of put a lot of missing pieces together to flesh out who these people were. Um, I'm going to move on to something on the bottom of Amud Bet. Um, and again, this relates back to, you know, the Mishnah that we saw in 69B, uh, you know, which talked about um, how... Uh, you know, Ezra sort of took all the impure people, right, the 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 mixed people genealogically from Babel and brought them to Eretz Yisrael with him. Um, and the idea was, is that, you know, so, and from that, that Babel, if somebody's from Babel, we know that they sort of have a uh, pure lineage. Um, so the Gemara wants to say something here and says, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Zodivrei Rabbi Meir, that Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. And that makes sense because we know we usually say a stam mishnah, meaning a mishnah that doesn't have an author is Rabbi Meir. And essentially, this gemara comes and now reverses everything that we just said, where it says the chachamim say families from all lands are presumed to be pure. So, in other words, 
you don't actually need to investigate anybody. So here we just spend many dappen with stories, uh, you know, especially this whole passage about Rav Yehuda, where it seemed like he loved to say, you know, who was who had good who had good genealogically was pure and who wasn't, and then Rav Yehuda comes to same Shmuel and says, okay, this is really just the opinion of Rabbi Meir, but the Chachamim say, nope, we just assume everybody's pure and we don't actually have to 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 ask about anything. So now the Gemara is going to have a, a an actual event to illustrate this. So Rav Amemar allowed Rav Huna the son of Natan to marry a woman from Mechuza, um, which was a town that was considered to be outside of Babel, so therefore it wouldn't fall into the category of Babel where we say everybody is pure. Amar le Rav Ashi, so Rav Ashi says to Amemar, my datech. What, why, why did you do this? To Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, right? Is it based on this teaching of uh, Rav Yehuda in the name of Shmuel, Zodivrei Rabbi Meir, Abel Chachamim Arim, Kolartzot Bechazka Kashrut, Hain Omdot, right? That, that you were just following the opinions of the rabbis. Vaha be Rav Kahana Lomatni Nehachi. However, Rav Ashi goes on to say, the school of Rav Kahana did not actually teach us in the name of Shmuel. Ube Rav Papa Lomatni Nehachi. And Rav Papa didn't either. Uve Ravzvid Lominahache, and Ravzvid didn't either. So, in other words, all of these centers in Bavel did not actually teach it this way. Now, of course, we could say, of course, they didn't teach it this way because it didn't affect their families. So, why should they have to teach? You know, they don't have a reason why they actually have to teach it that way. Amemar doesn't like this argument. Afilu Hachi Loki Blami Minana, right? Amemar doesn't accept this argument from Ravashi. Mishum de Shmaile, Mi Ravzvid de Naharda because he heard otherwise from Rav Zvid of Nahardat. In other words, Amemar says, no, I heard that uh, this from Rav Zvid, and that actually Shmuel does say that the Chacham say, we just assume everybody is pure. Um, so that, so first of all, I think that's interesting, that here after all these pages, the Gemara basically rever- reverses everything that it just said, and it says, no, the position of the Chacham is everybody is pure. Now the Gemara goes on to, okay, what's going to happen with Mamzerim and Netinim when Mashiach comes? Tanu Rabbanan, right? So we have a brace here. Mamzireyo netine to horim la'atid lavo, right? That the mamzerim and the netinim will be considered to be pure when Mashiach comes. Divrei Rabbi Yossi, that's what Rabbi Yossi says. Rabbi Omer, Mer ain't horim, but Rabbi Meir says no. So we see what camp Rabbi Meir is clearly in. Rabbi Meir is in the, you know, making people tame camp. Amar lo Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says to Rabbi Meir, Ba'lo kevar namar, wasn't it already said? And he quotes a pasuk here, and this is a pasuk from Yechezkel chapter 36, Verse 25, the whole Pasuk says as follows. Right, God is saying, I'll cast pure water on you, and you'll be, I'll throw pure water on you, and you'll be purified from all your impurities and from all your defilements. I will, I will purify you. So the idea being is that, okay, in the future, in the times of, uh, of, of Yimota Mashiach, right, in the days of the Messiah, Everybody's going to be considered pure. Amar lo Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says, Keshehu Omer, right? When it says this, Mikol tumotecha, mikol gilulechem, from your impurities and from your defilements, below min hamamzeru. But that doesn't mean from being a mamzer. Amar lo Rabbi Yossi. So Rabbi Yossi says back, Keshehu Omer ataheretchem. When it says, ataheretchem, I will purify you, right at the end of that pasuk, Havei Omer af min hamamzeru. That includes even the mamzeru. Now, interestingly, the Gemara is actually going to challenge Rabbi Yossi's view, not Rabbi Meir, even though I think for many of us, we'd like Rabbi Meir's view a little better. Sorry, Rabbi Yossi's view a little better. According to Rabbi Meir, 
Hainu dikhti v'yashev mamzer ba'ashtod. It says in a pasuk in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 6, that when Mashiach comes, right, it says, and a mamzer will dwell, you know, will live in Ashdod, meaning mamzerim will be separated out. El Rabbi Yossi, right, who says that the mamzerim are going to become tahor, my v'yashev mamzer ba'ashtod. How would he explain uh, this this pasuk? Um, right, and so the Gemara says, Kidimat regame Rab Yosef, right? Rab Yosef would interpret it, Yatvun be Israel Lebrochatsan Baryohon, right? The house, uh, the house of Israel will will be secure in their land. Tahave Damuba Lenuchrain, where they were once treated like strangers. So, according to Rab Yosef, the term Mamzer isn't a Mamzer like a halachic Mamzer, okay? But the Mamzer here is meant to be like a nation that was sort of taken out of their land and they were rejected like a mamzer, right? So Ashdod uh, was considered to not always be a safe place, right? It's in the lands of the police team. It's not always considered to be a safe place. Um, and so in the future, it will be considered a safe place for those who were thrown out. And then the Gemara finally comes and tells us, okay, what's the actual law? Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmua, Halachic Rav Yosei. And again, even though we saw before that Rav Yehuda seemed to be very strict about these things, he says in the end, no, the halacha is going to follow Rabbi Yossi, right? That all the mamzerim are going to become tahor. And then it says, Amar Rav Yosef, e to Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. If Rav Yehuda had not said this in the name of Shmuel, halachic Rabbi Yossi, that the halacha was like Rav Yossi, havi ate uh, Eliyahu. Eliyahu would come, mapik mine, tsavarne, tsavarne, kovrin, and remove us hordes of people in neck shackles. In other words, what he's trying to say is, is that even if, Rav Yehuda hadn't said the halacha in the name of Shmuel was like Rabbi Yossi, still this is what Eliyahu Hanavi would have come to do. Um, this is still how it would have ended. And so I, I think here what's interesting is, is that, you know, the Gemara at first seems to sort of, uh, you know, support or really discuss this idea that there are Tame families, Tahor families, and how does this work? And then, you know, we see here at the end of this staff, there's really almost like a, a total reverse of that position to basically say, no, the Chachamim say, we just assume everybody's pure. And in the future, even Mamzerim, even Mamzerim are going to be brought into the Jewish people. Well, that's our DAF discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbanit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAF on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.